Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message. Now today, I'm going to talk about, is a more uh, intimate subject when it comes to the Holy Spirit, but I need you to hear me because this is a very real reality on both sides. So just follow me because in the, in the beginning, I'm going to talk, I'm going to lay a foundation of what I'm going to talk about, listen, and then in the end, I'm going to talk about something very, in my, my mind, very serious when it comes to the Holy Spirit that many people uh, just kind of blow, blow off. But today, part three, I'm going to talk about the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And there's so many things entangled to the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, including because we could fellowship with the Holy Spirit and because he allows that deep fellowship and communion, then he has given the possibility, this is unfathomable to me, that we could grieve and quench the Holy Spirit. It's unfathomable to me to believe that an almighty, omnipotent, omnipresent God in the form of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead, allows himself to be grieved by humanity. But I said it before and I say it again, it's because only love can grieve. Love, true love, true intimacy will grieve. If I, if something happens to somebody that I don't know, that I have no clue it is, I'm going to, I'm going to feel their pain and I'm going to feel sorry for them because we're human beings. But deep sorrow and grief only comes when you love someone and they hurt you. Come on, don't, I'm preaching and I just started, Chris. So I want you to follow me in this journey because I want to include you in one of the greatest mysteries that the Apostle Paul left the church and it's watch this and it's not the power of the holy spirit because that's really not a mystery if you read the bible right we focus on the power of the holy spirit the acts of the holy spirit the actions of the holy spirit but we do not focus on his ways or his fellowship now i want you to see something before i start in second corinthians 13 i've said this before but before we put up there i want you to here's my intro are you ready here's my intro the Apostle Paul was ending two long letters to the Corinthians church. Hear me, okay? So when we read Corinthians, these are letters that he wrote to the Corinth church, the church at Corinth. So at the very end of the second letter, he's summing up what he could leave behind to the people by describing each of the Godhead, saying, I want this part of the Godhead. Of, think about anything right now that you can think about the Father, all right? Just think about it. Think about anything that you want to say as you close your statement that you want to leave to the church about Jesus. And I want you to think anything you could say about the Holy Spirit to be left to the Corinth church or anybody. And I want you to see what the choice words of Paul the Apostle are as he closes his letter to the Corinthian church, this is how he sums up the Godhead in the best way he can, right? If you had one shot, you would, listen, let's be honest, between us, if you had one shot to describe the summation of what you really want to say about the Father, about the Son, and the Holy Spirit, it will have to be a true statement, and it'll have to be a statement that he's experienced or you've experienced. Can I hear an amen? Watch how Paul closes his letter, his second letter to the Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 13. And I want you to see verse 14. Holy Spirit come in Jesus' name. Amen. May the grace, so he's closing. Now, I've said this before, but I said it fast. In my first message, I threw a lot of scriptures out. I included this one too. But I'm breaking this one down today. All right? And I pray that you will listen, don't get distracted, because what I'm about to share with you today, though it may sound elementary and simple, most of us are not doing what Paul is saying. All right? Are you ready? May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. May the love, listen, the grace of the Lord Jesus... The love of God, now, now he could describe anything he wants about the Holy Spirit. He could have said, and may the power of the Holy Spirit be with you, and that would be great. He could have said, and may the, the, the healing of the Holy Spirit or the manifestation of the gifts be present with you all. He said, I want to leave you with this one thought about the Holy Spirit that has become a mystery. The, may the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Watch this. 
zoom in, pay attention, which tells me that if he's praying that the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with the saints of Corinth, there's a possibility that the fellowship of the Holy Spirit is not with them. And I could back this up because the Holy Spirit is with us in salvation, and he's in us, but that doesn't mean fellowship with him is automatic. Because what needs to happen at any time there is fellowship with anybody, and remember, the Holy Spirit is a person, is there has to be communication and dialogue. Okay, I want to get, I, I want to get, can you guys give me, I want to borrow you guys. Come on, come on, come here. Get your chairs, get your chairs. Get your chairs. Sorry, I didn't warn them. Come here, come here, come here, come here. Come here, come here. These are my friends, right? These are, yeah, bring the chairs. Bring the chairs. Bring the chairs. Bring them right here. All right, let's put it in a circle. Circle, circle, right? We're hanging out. We're hanging out today, right? All right, three, that's three, three of you, right? Right here? Okay, wait, sit down, sit down. Now, put that slide up. You know what fellowship means in Corinthians? The word, wait, wait, everybody say, may the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Okay, now the Greek word for fellowship is, is also communion. So communion and fellowship are the same thing. Now watch this. The word, you know this, we throw it out like water. Oh, koinonia. Do you really know what koinonia is? There's a lot of definitions of koinonia, right? Now, koinonia is fellowship, right, and communion. <laughs> intimacy, watch, say intimacy. Say close fellowship. This is all Greek definitions of fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Please, please. I'm not trying. It's going to be funny, but I'm not trying to be funny. Okay. This is what Paul is trying to tell us when he says, may the fellowship, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. That means it takes our part to dialogue. And you know what the secret, you know what the secret of dialoguing is? Are you ready? It's, gonna, it's, it's a big revelation. Initiation on your part. To talk, to talk. Not just thinking that God is this big chatterbox, always talking all the time. I am always talking all the time. This is God. I'm talking all the time. Hi, Rosie. Hi, Louis. You don't hear me because you're not in tune with me. Hi, Enrique. 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 How you doing, Joanne? He's not doing that. He's a gentleman, and he's waiting for initiation. Initiation on our part so that the Holy Spirit could be invited to fellowship. Watch this. Watch this. Joint. Union, companionship, complete oneness, partnership. Are you ready? This is a Greek definition of fellowship of the Holy Spirit. The communication. So it could read, it could read like this. May the intimacy, joint union, companionship, complete oneness, partnership, and communication of the Holy Spirit be with you. So imagine us. Hi Tiffany, how are you doing? So you can't say anything with your you can't say anything with your hands and you can't talk. I know. That's what the church does. I'm going to try to have a communication with you and with you, but you can't use your hands and you can't talk. Ready? She just talked right there with her eyes. Right? <laughs> so we're fellowshipping, right? Let's say we're at a, at a birthday party. I love these guys. We love to hang out together, right? <laughs> and watch this. Watch this. On a serious note, let's try to fellowship without talking, right? Or hand gestures. Do you see how difficult it is the way that you fellowship? You know what friends do? You know what friends do? You know when they do when they hang out? They talk to each other. Fellowship is, man, I miss you. Now you could talk. Man, I miss you. Man, your hair looks good, dog. You know what I'm saying? Hey, you know, hey, what's some food going on there? You know, I love this. I love you, man. Hey, what you did the other day, that was awesome. That was amazing. And we all talk together, right? That is koinonia. But guess what? It's initiating conversations. Give it up for them. Come on, guys. <laughs> Listen, you may think that's corny, but the reason why that's corny is because many of us in the, Holy, uh, in the church are waiting for people to talk to us, just in the natural, people to talk to us, and we get upset or offended because we say, nobody in the church talks to me. Nobody, but you know that the secret to physical, physical communion is also the secret to spiritual communion. You have got to initiate. 
Oh, I don't believe that. Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Does not mean that the Holy Spirit's not going to break in when he when you need it the most, but if you search the scriptures like really good, you will find that the Holy Spirit is not just a blabbermouth. He is waiting for you to invite him to conversate. Holy Spirit Help me today. Holy Spirit, I want to know your heart. Holy Spirit, help me to see Jesus rightly. Holy Spirit, can you anoint me to preach because I can't preach. I need you to come upon me. Holy Spirit, I'm depending on you. Holy Spirit, what's going on in my life? Search my heart. You know what I'm doing now as I've evolved in my communion with the Lord, especially while I'm studying this? I'm now trying to dialogue what's on your heart, Holy Spirit. Now it's not like, oh, look at this, and give me your power. It's, Holy Spirit, what do you want to say? What do you want to do? And I almost see the Lord, come here, I almost see the Lord, like, I'm not doing it for him. I'm doing it with him. He's like, come on. He's like, what do you want to do? Okay, let's go. You want to heal? Okay, go ahead. Let's do that. All right. How about, how about now? What do you want to do? What do you want to do now, Holy Spirit? Okay, let's go. <laughs> Holy Spirit goes. That's a karate chop. I know what that means. But do you feel what I'm saying? Do you feel what I'm saying? Many in the church have not ever initiated conversation with the Holy Spirit. Paul the Apostle knew a secret. He said, may the Holy Spirit's fellowship be with you. In other words, in, in 2020 language, you guys have no idea what you're missing. You guys have no idea what you're missing when you're not fellowshipping with the Lord and you're, come, and, and you're, and you're tra- trying to do these Christian duties and there is a fellowship that we have not tapped into. Come on, say amen. Say amen. You can't have true fellowship with someone if they're not some sort of communication and dialogue. Say communication and dialogue. Come on, say it. Say communication and dialogue. I love talking to my kids. I love sometimes they don't talk back. Sometimes it's a short conversation. (laughs) But can I be honest? I love talking to my kids. But you know what I really love? And I'm going to give you a a little example as if I'm the Holy Spirit and my kids are the church, right? I'm just waiting on it. It blesses me so much. The other day, Jaden, they're not here so I can talk about them. Um, (laughs) The other day, Jaden sent me a a text when I was working. Guess what, Daddy? Guys, just guess what, Daddy? I'm like... I'm serious. I'm serious. Because it doesn't happen often. You know how they, they get older. They're like, I don't need that anymore. I, uh, guess what, Daddy? What? I score three points, and I got an and one in, a, in, a, in my basketball game. I go, and one? And and one means you got fouled, and you, got, and you hit the shot while you got fouled. I go, did you hit the free throw? And the text, he goes, yes, I made a three-point play. I go, this is awesome. It's dialogue, church. I'm, he's talking to me. Oh, I feel the Holy Spirit. And, and, and I'm talking back to him. My point is, I got excited when he initiated, not just me. You have to, what if you lived with your spouse that you love, okay, because I know some people don't. And the kids that you love, listen to what the example I'm about to say. What, how would your household feel 24-7 if you're with your spouse or with your kid and never talk to them once? Imagine you are in your, I mean, you married this person. You have kids. You love your kids. But imagine you going throughout the day on autopilot every single day because you have duties and you have do the things and you never talk. Imagine going to the airport for 45 minutes in a car and not say a word. That's what the church has done when it regards to the Holy Spirit. Yes, we talk to God, and yes, we say, Lord, I need you to break in in my life. But have you ever just had a moment where you're like, I'm not going to ask you so much uh, for things even though God wants you to do that? I want to say, I mean, there's sometimes, unless I was corny, I don't, I don't say it, but sometimes I want to say it. I'm like, I want to say, like, how's your day going? But I'm not going to say that because he's always having a good day, right? But I want to engage in communion with the Holy Spirit. Watch this. And I'm graduating on some things that as we grow in our communion with the Lord, you will see that it will radically change your walk with God. It will radically 
change your walk with God. So the key to communion and fellowship with the Holy Spirit is your initiation for dialogue. So your homework for the rest of your life <laughs> is start initiating dialogue with the Holy Spirit, with the person of the Holy Spirit. He's in you. He desires to fellowship with you, and he will fill you with his love and his presence and his power. Watch this. The more you fellowship with the Holy Spirit, the more you will be aware of his presence in your heart. The more I fellowship with somebody, the more I'm aware of their presence. Like, I'm not going to say, Enrique, hey, man, this is a good basketball game. Where's Enrique at? Where's Enrique at? But Holy I mean, Holy Spirit. I mean, Enrique, I'm telling you what, the football game today is going to be awesome. As I talk to him, I'm aware he's there. So the, when you quiet yourself and you say, Holy Spirit, come, what do you want to teach me about the word? I do that all the time. I said, Lord, illuminate the word because I'm not a good preacher without you. Illuminate the word. Tell me secrets. And you say, secrets? I'll say, okay. You don't believe me? The Bible, put that up there. I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'm just playing with the Holy Spirit. Put that, put that, that point up there. When you fellowship with God, he gives you privy to deep secrets of God. Not, listen, not, not just secrets, deep secrets. Do you know that the Bible says no one can know the, the thoughts of a man except the spirit of a man? And you know the Bible says that no one can know the thoughts of God except the spirit of God? Oh, wait, 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 wait. Wait, let me say that again. No one can, put that scripture up there, Zach. Man, what scripture is that? Glory to God. I put it all the way down there. I, I, I like jumped all the way down. Now look at this. What's that? What's that scripture that I gave you about? Okay. Okay, I'm finding it. Hold on. Okay, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9 tw uh, through 12 in the NLT. Are you ready? Are you ready? Look at that. Look at this, guys. 9 verse 2, that is, that is what the scripture means. Uh, 2 9. What did I say? What did I say? Sorry, guys. Yeah, 9. Actually, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, yeah, verse 9. He's got that right. That's, he got that right. All right. That is what the scripture means when they say, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Now, we, we quote that scripture all the time, right? Right? Look at verse 10 and 11. This is great. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his, I can't hear you, by his, for his, for his, do you see that capital S? That's the grammatical term for the Holy Spirit. So it says, for his Holy Spirit searches out everything, watch us, I'm going to shout, and shows us God's deep secrets. The Holy Spirit shows us God's deep secrets. Guys, I don't know about you, but if you and I have access not just to hear the surface secrets of God, but the deep secrets of God, the key to pull it out of him, are you ready? The key to pull it out is talking to him. The key to pull it out is fellowship with him. What do you want to say? What, you, what are you saying? What are your secrets? What are you trying to say? There's many times where I fellowship with the, with the Holy Spirit, and then he'll give me a download, not only about myself, but about another person. Church, we are missing out on the third person of the Trinity. He is not lesser just because he's mentioned third. Right? It's not like he's the leftover God. But that's how we treat him. That's how we treat them on Sundays. That's how we treat them on our walk, right? And so I, I say that to say we have the ability to know God's secrets. Oh, my gosh. Jesus. Are, are, you guys, are, you guys, are you guys hearing me? Am I preaching the right church? The New Testament believers were very aware of the Holy Spirit's presence in their life and did, they, they didn't go anywhere and did nothing without the communication of the Holy Spirit. Everywhere they went. Now, I said, I said something just a couple minutes ago that let's say if you were living with your spouse and living with your kids and you said nothing to them. Look at me. You don't have to respond back. By, by the raising of your hands, how many believe that your relationship will last long if you, if you do that? No, nobody, right? All right? How many feel your relationship could be severely crippled or ended if you do not say a word or say very minimal words to the people that you love? Okay, do you know that's the same place in the workplace? 
It's the same place in the church. That's the same place. That's the same thing in your walk with God. There needs to be initiation and communication. Can I hear an amen? So we have to have that culture because if we don't have that culture, it will stifle our relationship with God. Look at this point on the screen. Initiation, initiating conversations. This is that point. Initiating conversations with the Holy Spirit is the way we enhance our fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Can I hear an amen? Because he is a gentleman and he will not force himself on you. And so I'm, I'm, I want to find my place because I've skipped around all the time. But I, I do want to say this. There's a difference between, this is very important, between knowing God's acts and knowing his ways. Again, you say, where are you going with this? When you fellowship with the Lord you do not, uh, and with the Holy Spirit, you do not only see his acts. I want to say something very powerful. You could see someone's acts and never know them. You may pinpoint some things about them that you think is, it's, is worthy of their actions, but until you get to talk to them, come on somebody, until you get to know them, until you get to spend time with them, then you will know who they really are, not just their acts. Let me tell you something. The Bible says something very distinct about Moses. Can you imagine the Bible saying this about you, that the Holy Spirit penned it through a, a person and penned your devotion to God in such a way that he said this. He said, Moses knew the ways of God and the children of Israel knew his acts. Uh, uh, we all know what happened to the children of Israel. Look at that scripture up there. This is a powerful verse. Psalm chapter uh, uh, 103, verse 7, right? Verse 7. Look at what it says. Look what it says. Moses, guys, was not satisfied with power. The church, when we think of the Holy Spirit, we think of power, miracles, healing. Come on, somebody. Something happened today, right? We focus on his acts. But if I only got love or dialogue from my kids whenever I gave them money, whenever I did something for them, and that's the only time they talk to me, they only know my acts, but they don't know me. If you are only going to the Lord to save you from trouble, save you from trouble, talking to the Lord only when you need something from him and never dialoguing and he walks with me and he talks with me and he shows me I'm his own. He lives. He lives. Remember that old song? Christ Jesus lives today. You ask me how I know he lives. He li I can't hit that high note. <laughs> Within my heart. So watch this. It's a dialogue. So, so the Holy Spirit bless that person that whatever happened there look at this psalm 103 he made known his ways to moses oh, and his acts to the children of israel he made known his ways you know why because moses goes i'm just paraphrasing imagine i'm moses and i just saw the lord spit the red sea you would think my god i know him my god he is close to me he saw the Red Sea split, y'all. He saw fire coming from heaven. He saw plague after plague after plague to deliver them from Egypt. But he got by himself and he says, that is not enough. I'm not satisfied with just seeing his acts like many Christians are, the acts of the apostles, the acts of the Holy Spirit. Every time we think about the Holy Spirit, it's power, 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 tongues. Praise God for that. But how about the fellowship of the Holy Spirit? And Moses said, God, I, I could just imagine standing and everyone's kind of behind. He's like, listen, I know your power. I know your, your, your awesome power to live, but I want to see and know your glory. Oh, man. It was almost like I, I can't prove it in the Bible, but I could imagine the Father going. Just like when I get a text from my, little, my son and he initiates it. Come on, you guys know when you start having teenagers, they don't initiate that much. I mean, so, I mean, but it's not like, hey, dad. So when he said, hey, dad, I'm like, I'm ready. The Holy Spirit is waiting for you to say that. He's waiting for you to initiate conversation, right? So, he, so what was I going with this? Oh, so, so, he, so, so Moses, so Moses I can imagine God saying, you want to see my glory? Now watch this. He goes, no one ever has seen me and lived. 
but I'm going to pass right by you. In other words, I'm going to answer your prayer. You're going to see my backside. He saw the backside of the Father. The only one who's ever been that close to the Father. Why? Because he asked. Guess what? Guess what? How about Abraham? When he goes, hey, God, uh, <laughs> don't get mad at me about Sodom and Gomorrah here. I know, I know you're about to rain down fire. I know it's judgment. I know they're really, really bad. I mean, they were really bad, guys. Just read the Bible. They're grotesquely bad. They said, get out of the way. I'm going to destroy it with fire. Okay, okay, fine, fine. If you find 50... So, so watch this. He had confidence because he was already dialoguing with God. 50. If you find 50 in the city, can you, there's 50 people here. 50 in the whole city that are righteous. Would you, would, you, would you stop it? I won't. He didn't have to answer Abraham. Abraham, because you and I have a relationship, I'll answer you. Deep secrets. I, 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 won't, I won't destroy it for 50. Comes back. Hey, hey, hey. How you doing? Because I believe Abraham knew there wasn't 50 people there. So he's coming back. Can you do it for 40? The father is almighty. He could have said, get out the way, Abraham. It's destruction coming. I can't dialogue with you. You're human and I'm God. Abraham, because you know me and I've seen you face, I, I, I dialogue with you. I won't do it for 40. He comes back. 30? I won't do it for 30. He goes back. Yeah. Can you imagine you doing that? How about 20 in the whole city if they're righteous? Would you do it? No, I won't. I won't destroy it for 20. I mean, that, that enough right there, I'll be like, peace out. That's good. All right. One, now watch. I'm, gonna, I'm getting somewhere with this. I'm getting somewhere with this. How about 10? I won't destroy it if I find 10 people. What if Abraham would have kept going? I don't know. I can't answer that. Right? What if we kept going? He stopped at 10, and he got a dialogue with the Father. But the Father could not find 10 people in the city that were righteous, so he had to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. They were all living in debauchery and, and lust and giving themselves up with horrible openings of demonic stuff, right? And so not only, are you getting something this morning? <laughs> Not only do we get to unlock the deep secrets of God, watch this, but the scripture gives us a promise that by fellowshipping and yielding to the Holy Spirit, please hear me now, we won't have the propensity to give in to our fleshly desires as we used to. We must invite the Holy Spirit against the war of our flesh. So it's not just you saying no. It's welcoming the power of the Holy Spirit, walking and yielding with him, and your no, and your no, that will help bring freedom. Because you all know that if you don't want it, God is not going to force himself on you, right? Now, look at what Galatians says. Now, we, we, we preach this all the time, right? We all walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. But look how the Passion Translation says it. They, it translates the word walk, right? Because what, what, look at me, look, look at me. What do you guys do other than exercising, right? Some people exercise, and they don't talk to each other, right? They're like, and the person's right here. And obviously, you're not going to say, like, hey, you know, that steak was really good. You're going to be tired. So you're not, when you're working out for the intention of working out, no. But what do you do? Let's be honest. Let's stop being spiritual. What do you do when you look at your friend, you look at your, your spouse, your, whoever, whoever you're close to, and you say, let's go out for a walk? What's your intention? Oh, yeah, 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 you're going to yeah, get exercise. Forget about that. What's your intention when you go out to walk with somebody? When you're walking with somebody, what's your intention? You're spending time with them. You're talking to them. Look at that light. Look at that tree. You put your hands around them. Oh. Listen to me. But when you walk with the Spirit, you're communing with Him. You're fellowshipping with Him. You're thanking Him. Come on, somebody. Right? So watch this. Look at this. As you yield freely and fully. Look at how it reads. This is so powerful. To the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit. Watch this, guys. Of the Holy Spirit. Say, of the Holy Spirit. You will abandon the cravings, I love this, of your self-life. Huh? Your self-life. In other words, your life that is ruled by yourself. Right? Your self-life. Watch this. You will abandon those cravings. How? Give me the five steps. There is no five steps. Yield to the power of the Holy Spirit. We make it so hard. For your self-life. Oh, I love this. Look, Read this with me in the Passion Translation. Don't fall asleep. If someone's falling asleep, go like this to them. 
For your self-life craves the things that offend who? Okay, they're all one. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. For your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit and hinder him, the Holy Spirit, from living free within you. And the Holy Spirit's, oh, I love this, intense craving hinder your old self-life from dominating you. So there's two sides of this story. Who are you yielding to? More, your flesh or the Holy Spirit? Because the Bible says your old self-life, the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder you from doing your self-life dominating you. So then the two, uh, sorry, so then the two incompatible and conflicting forces within you dominating you, okay? So what what I'm trying to say is this. If you and I get a revelation of the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, you and I will start being more free from our bondages that our flesh is bringing us to. But again, how do we get to that place? We ask the Holy Spirit for help. You can't do this on your own. You were never meant to do it on your own. That's why the Holy Spirit, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. He said, I can't, you, you can't do this on your own, but don't worry, I'm going to send you a paraclete. I'm going to send you a comforter. I'm going to send you the great and powerful Holy Spirit to live in you. Can I hear an amen? amen? Put that point up, Zach. One of the main ways to overcome the power of our fleshly desires is growing in our relationship with the Holy Spirit. Now, I want, I want every, this is really important, okay? For the last 10 minutes, I want you to really, really pay attention because this is something that really I, want, that I felt the Lord wanted to harp on. There's a lot of questions on the Holy Spirit, lots of questions, right? It's like going to an ocean and, and, and trying to find every uh, animal or, or, or creature in the ocean in just two hours. It, it, it's impossible. But I will say this. Because we can fellowship with him, he, hear me now, this isn't very important. It's not talked about a lot. But we have the ability to grieve the Holy Spirit, and we have the ability to quench the Holy Spirit. Now, now pause for a second. Ask yourself, how many times have my lifestyle grieved the Holy Spirit? Now, watch this. I'm going sh- to share something. Because every time you we continually grieve or quench the Holy Spirit, two main things are starting to l- be lost in our life. And not in any order. When we continually grieve, I'm going to explain those those words in a second, and quench the Holy Spirit, we start losing the ability to hear his voice in our life, and we start losing the fire of his spirit in our hearts. The more we quench, the more we grieve, the less we hear the voice of conviction, and the less of the fire that once was burning hot is burning in your heart. To the point where you're just going through the motions because it's head knowledge, not fire in your heart. Because the Holy Spirit's a burning fire. When the Holy Spirit came in the day of Pentecost, the Bible says there were cloven tongues of fire over their foreheads. You know why I did a study on that? Because the people didn't have electricity, so they actually saw fire that represented a fire in a candle. So when you see candles, what do they look like? The fire in a candle is cloven tongues. That's what the, the writer of the book of Acts saw. When the day of Pat, he's trying to describe, it was like fire over their foreheads because the Holy Spirit came. He's a fire. So when we quench and when we yield, the fire goes away in our heart. How many times have you heard, I've lost the fire? Well, there's a lot of things that contribute to that, but I guarantee you it has something to do with grieving the Lord, or quenching the Lord by our lifestyle. Now look, look at this. I want to break these things down so you know. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16. We're going to start with quench, and then we're going to go to grieving, okay? How many have ever heard these words in the Bible, right? How many have ever tried to do a study of what that really means, okay? Some of you. All right. Look what it says. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything... Give thanks. Put it up there. And everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Watch this. Do not quench the Holy Spirit. Now, that's not a suggestion. It's a command. Right? He's like, if you're feeling bad, then it's okay to quench him. But if you're feeling good, don't quench him. No, it's a command. Do not quench the Holy Spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Watch this. Test all things. Hold all fast what is good. Abstain from every uh, evil. Now, that's a very short sentence, so there's not a lot of info on quenching. What, what does that mean? 
All right? Now let's go real quick to Ephesians chapter 4. I hope you're getting something today. Ephesians, thank you for that. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Are you ready? Now this is, I want you to see, I, I, I want you to see the whole picture, right? We're talking about fellowship of the Holy Spirit. What, pause, pause. I just got this right now. Do you know that the, the, the relationships that hurt the most are the relationships that you're close to? If someone from 7-Eleven says, man, I, I heard that, that Remnant Christian Center, they're a bunch of kooky people, I'll be like, thank you, I just, I'm just going to pay for my, or whatever. But if it's someone I love says those things, it wounds me. It hurts me. So when you open yourself up to closeness to the Lord, you also are opening up to grieving him. I, I, this is, um, I still don't understand why the Holy Spirit allows himself to be grieved. Now watch. I'm getting ahead of myself, but I want you to hear me. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. Look at this. Watch this. But what is good and necessary and edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor. Okay, and it keeps on, on going, right? Now, now, now watch this. I looked up the definition of quench, and we're going to put it up there. The definition of quench, okay, uh, I, I, need, I need the worship team to start coming up here um, because I'm really closing in the next couple minutes. <laughs> Don't laugh at me. I'm trying. <laughs> That's funny. So quench, watch this, quench in the Greek, look at this, look at the screen, guys, look at the screen, is sabinimi, and I can't really pronounce that right, sabini. Now now watch what it it means. Quench, everybody say quench, say quench. This is what it means in the Greek. To extinguish, listen, listen, to put out like a fire is put out for lack of use or purposely extinguishing. Or stifling his works. That has to do with quenching. You're stifling, you're extinguishing. And it, ha- a lot, it has a lot to do, please hear me, you're, you cannot miss this. It has a lot to do with his works in you and his works through you. Stifling that. Stifling that, f- that, that, that works. Now, the word grieve is a little different and it has a deeper meaning to it. Here's what grieve means. It's kind of not fitting there in the screen, so I'll, I'll try to read it, okay? Grieve in the Greek is the word lipeo, which means, watch this. Everybody say grieve. In the Greek, it means to wound, to bring extreme sorrow on a person. Cause grief by repeatedly being disobedient to God's word through our personal lifestyle or actions that are, pro- uh, that are promoting sin, then another one is def- uh, to affect with sadness and cause grief or to offend. Now, to get you a better understanding, I want you to look at that same scripture of do not grieve the Holy Spirit in the NLT. All right? Look at what it says. Instead of saying do not grieve the Holy Spirit, they translated that word. In the, in the NLT it says do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. I'm going to back up and rewind that for a second. This is word for word in Ephesians 4, verse 30, that describes what grieving is. Do not bring sorrow to God, to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, quenching talks about his acts, quenching his acts, quenching his fire, quenching the things. Grieving has to do with a personal grieving. Mm. I knew this was not going to get a lot of amens because this is going to cut deep in a good but We have to address this because how many times have we grieved the Holy Spirit once a revelation happens? Watch. Remember, He has identified you as His own, guaranteeing you that you will be saved from redemption. Guys, I'm trying to get myself together because what I'm about to say is powerful. David recognized, David, King David. Recognize he walked so close with the Lord. Watch this. Here's a little, how do I say this? I guess a little nugget. Do you know why people that are, have been hurt by relationships no longer, what is their manifestation? What, are, what is the manifestation of people that have been hurt by a church, a relationship? A, uh, a couple, a friend, they stay silent. 
they get away because they don't want to repeat that hurt. So the very thing that they had, they're not doing anymore and that they need because of fear of getting hurt again, right? So, so I say this, David walked closely with God. So he knew, here's a little secret for you guys. I, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I need you to hear this. If you've ever walked closely with God, you will know not only when you grieve the Holy Spirit, but you will feel sorrow in your own heart too. Because the sorrow that you feel, the pain that you feel, is the Holy Spirit inside of you being grieved. Now, David walked so close with God, he saw a beautiful woman. You know the story, his name Bathsheba. And she was married to a righteous man named Uriah the Hittite. And Uriah was one of his, David's choice men. He was righteous. He was faithful. But he had a moment of his flesh, and he said, who is that woman? And they said, that is Bathsheba, but she's already married, David. He said, I don't care. Bring her to me. Had sex with her, and she, had, she conceived, so they were hiding it. So to hide what David did, now I'm getting somewhere, trust me. To hide what David did, Nathan the prophet, I mean, he, he, he killed, he, he had Uriah killed, put him in the hottest battle, told Joab and people to retreat from him, and he got killed. So when the, when the, when the forerunner came, hey, we kind of lost the battle. Because Joab said, hey, when you tell David, tell him that we lost some people, he's going to get mad. But you're going to appease his anger by saying these words. Tell him Uriah the Hittite is dead. Hey, all this happened, all this happened. What, what, what? And Uriah the Hittite is dead. David said, okay, go ahead, that's fine. Go ahead and strengthen your, your force, right? Nathan comes, the prophet, and he's like, hey, I want to talk to you. I love prophets. That's why we need prophets. He's like, hey, man, there was an a, a owner who had a, a lot of sheep, right? They had, were real rich. And then there was this other person who had just one sheep. And that was the, the, the one sheep that they raised, and they raised it real well, Right? But instead of getting the sheep from their own, that person took the sheep from the only one that had one and, and, and killed it and took it for his own. What should be done to that person? And David goes, that is horrible. That person should die. And David goes, you're the one. And I, I believe he said it just like that. You're the one. You're the one I'm talking about. You're the one who stole that sheep. And then there was judgment on him, right? Now watch, this is, this is key. David, because he knew he wounded the heart of God, did not care about a ministry position or a job position or any type of position. Most people, when they wound the heart of God and they're in some sort of position, they want to keep the position and forget about the fact that they hurt God. They're like, uh, uh, listen, 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 God, I know you forgive me. Please, please don't step me down from this. Or please, I still want to do this. Or please, I'm not going to, what are they going to think about me? My reputation and my spiritualness. You know what David did? He goes, I don't care. Take, take everything from me. He goes, in, against, in Psalm 51, he said, against you and you alone. Not against the pastor, not against my friend, not against you and you alone have I sinned. Don't take your presence away from me. Watch. And take not your Holy Spirit away from me. He knew a secret. David knew even before the dispensation of the Holy Spirit, he knew I have wounded the Holy Spirit. By my actions, by my actions. That same word grieve is the same word in Genesis where God says, I, I wish that I did not make uh, the humans in this, in this uh, um, era. He was grieved to that point. I, re I remember, guys, this is, this is, put that slide up because I, I feel the Holy Spirit. How many feel the Lord? The dangerous consequence of continuing to grieve is up there. Look at this and quench the Holy Spirit is that we slowly stop hearing his voice and we slowly start losing the fire of his presence in our hearts. I'm going to read that again. I'm going to read that again. The dangerous consequences of continuing to grieve and quench the Holy Spirit is that we slowly stop hearing his voice. Say his voice. And we slowly start losing the fire. Case in point. I, I could tell a lot of people. Case in point. Samson, our good old boy Samson, he was talking with God. He was fellowshipping with God. God used him to kill a thousand Philistines. He was disobedient, started repeatedly because he was lonely. And he decided to go with a lady named Delilah who was not part of the covenant. She was a Philistine. Philistine. And, and 
decided to have romantic relationship with someone that he knew was not supposed to be with him, but he repeatedly did that. Slowly, he started losing the ability to hear God's conviction to the point where he's just loving the presence of Delilah, stroking his hair. He had locks, right? It made him feel good. Listen to me, church. Tell me your weakness. Told him some weakness. Bound him. I, I mean, guys, if that was me and my girls that kind of lullaby me to sleep, and then I woke up and I had like change around me, I'd be like, this is the final thing. I'm going to break and then I'm going to pop you. But, but he was so, watch this. He was so blind to the voice. He's like, okay, I'll break. Guys, do you realize that that just showed him that she's tricky and want to kill him? What would you do if you woke up and, and, and your spouse said, ha ha, the Philistines, come get him. Whoever it is. And you break out and you're like, I still want to be with you. Come back. Does it make sense? Blind. When you quench the spirit, you stop losing the voice of the Lord that's speaking to you that says, get away. I'm going to do it again. And then he did it again. Went to sleep. What's your secret? Said some, some bogus stuff. Guffs out, wrapped them around, broke it again. The scariest thing that could ever happen to a person happened to Samson. Scar the scariest thing. He, he got to a point that he was, watch this, on autopilot Christianity. Autopilot Christianity, showing, showing up to church, doing your tithes, doing the right things, having no communication, but I want to do this, I want to fulfill my lust, I want to do that, but I want to keep faithful in the church, I'm going to be faithful in the team, I'm going to be faithful in what I'm doing, and I, he, she lullabied him to sleep, and when he finally said his true secret, his head was shaved by somebody, he went and he tried to break out, and he couldn't. And you know what the Bible says, guys? For Samson did not know that the Holy Spirit had left him. Look, look at Judges. Look, look at Judges. Look at Judges. Please listen to me. Look at Judges. Put that scripture up. Did I give you the Judges? Did I give you that? He's <laughs> like, Judges 16, 20. Look at that. Judges 16, verse 20. I'm almost done, guys. But I can feel the Holy Spirit speaking to you. If you're in this room and your Holy Spirit speaking to you, do not tune me off. Because I tell you, I, I want to say something bold that I feel from the Spirit. I don't say this often. But some of you are dull to what I'm saying because you've gotten to that point. So everything that I'm saying is not hitting you. It's not resonating with you at all. Because you really don't care if you've, if you've wounded the Holy Spirit because you say, that's not me, that's not for me. No, that's okay, I don't do those things. Or you do do those things and you're just tuning me out. Look at this. She cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. When he woke up, he thought, I will do as before and shake myself free. But he did not realize that the Lord had left him. He, did, he didn't realize it. Now, I know there's a different dynamic in the New Testament, but there's the same principle. You cannot expect a vibrant walk with God and a vibrant voice of God if you're continually to grieve or quench the Holy Spirit. It's impossible. His voice will be less and his fire in your heart will be less. I see people all the time, I've lost my fire, i lost my fire. The Holy Spirit's on fire. He points you to Jesus. What's happening with your walk with God? What's happening? And I'll, I'll close with this. I remember years ago, I was in San Diego. Listen to me, guys. And I was preaching on the Holy Spirit years ago. I was preaching on the person of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit in this camp. And I came to a, a situation like this about the fullness of the Holy Spirit and, and the possibility to grieve Him. And all of a sudden, no lie, this young adult, I'll never forget, he was bent over. Oh, sorry. Like this, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt you. He had this great deep groaning that hit him as he realized that his actions were grieving the Holy Spirit. He walked around the camp like this for two hours. I'm sorry. I'll never forget. I'm sorry. I mean, literally just crying. And we went out to eat, came back two hours later, and the young man still doing that. He was overcome. Why? I, and this is my final point, because true repentance is birthed. True repentance is birthed by godly sorrow. True repentance is birthed when you say, I have had enough of my ways. I've been grieving you, Holy Spirit, for much too long. I repent. I'm asking you to forgive me, Lord, for my ways. 
And I'm asking you, Father, forgive me. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. I don't want to be, I don't want to quench your spirit. I don't want to grieve your spirit anymore. Years later, I came back to that church, and that young man became a youth pastor. He did. He became a youth pastor, and he said, Pastor George, ever since that day, he said, ever since that day, I turned my life around. I changed all my friends and all the music. I became a youth pastor. He said, because I realized I was wounding the Holy Spirit with my actions. And we become dull in our Christianity because we allow everything and anything to come into our eyes. Some of you just don't care. But guys, you're in danger. If you're, quen if you're quenching and, 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 and grieving the Holy Spirit, last scripture, look at this. We're going to pray. Look at the last scripture in Corinthians. Put that up, Zach. Paul the Apostle wrote a tough letter to the Corinthians. How many, how many have heard this phrase from your parents when they're about to whip you? This is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. Think about it, right? I used to be like, yeah, right. My butt is red. Your butt is not red. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I realized after talking with the Lord and fellowship with the Lord, it hurts him. Our actions, and he has to bring correction because he loves us. You know what David said? Before I was afflicted, I went astray. In other words, I, was, I did what I want. But, oh, okay. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, Lord. I, I, can't, I, can't, I realize I can't go that way. I cannot live without you. That's why when, when, when Jacob wrestled, he wrestled. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> All right. Okay. You're the leader, not me. I'm going to say that. Some of you guys, you're the leader, not me. So Paul said, I'm gonna, he wrote a tough letter to the Corinthians church. Watch this, please. I am not sorry that I sent that severe letter to you. Though I was sorry at first. Do you see that? Do you see the, the characteristics of the Holy Spirit here? Though I was sorry at first, for I knew it was painful to you for a little while. Oh, church, church, when, when the Holy Spirit pricks you and, he, and you're wounded by your lifestyle, it's only his way of saying, you're wounding me inside of you. And I know it's going to hurt a little bit, but I'm allowing you to feel this before it's too late because sometimes you won't feel this anymore if you keep on doing it. Now I am glad I send it. Watch this. It was like, it, it, look at verse 9. Now I'm glad I send it, not because it hurt you, but because the pain, come on church, calls you to repent and change your ways. The pain that you felt, that grieving, cause you to change your ways <laughs> it was the kind of sorrow God wants his people to have so you are not harmed in us in any way keep going look at this I'm closing for the kind of sorrow God wants us to experience leads us away from sin come on say the God the God sorrow leads us away from sin watch this there's no regret in that kind of sorrow but worldly sorrow which lacks repentance results in spiritual death. I want everyone to stand up. I want everyone to stand up. I just put this up here. Oh, Jesus. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.